0: Uh, the Christmas message is a very important message. You know, you've heard it preached for years, many times, many ways by different pastors, but uh, every time I preach this message, it's always exciting to me and it's always a different it always comes out different. I always say that the resurrection is the uh, most important message that I could preach, but then Christmas comes around and I say, well, the virgin birth is the most important message that I can preach, but they both are important. Uh, but we know Christ was born, but why was he born? And that is my topic this morning, is why, why was Christ born? You know, God does everything for a reason. Next week, my son, Daniel, uh, will be here from Florida, Delray Beach, and he'll be giving another part two message on Christmas, the joy of Christmas, and Christmas should bring us joy. But I want to touch on this morning why Jesus was born and why and what he came to accomplish. Because Christmas begins and ends with Christ. There's that is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion is because we serve a risen Savior and he's alive. We can't really have a Christmas without Christ. But hostility, as you might have noticed over the years, hostility uh, toward Christmas seems to be, it seems to escalate each year. The nativity scenes are being removed from public places because it offends people. Christmas cards has been prohibited in many places, and atheists has put up billboards attacking the Christian faith. What's more today Many today don't even want to use the word Christmas anymore. They'll say season greetings or they'll say happy holidays. But uh, I know in some stores, our employees are not allowed to even say Merry Christmas anymore. They'll say, they'll say happy holidays. Well, we say Merry Christmas around here. That's what we're going to say. But we are in danger of, of losing the true meaning of Christmas. I, I bet you, if you were to go out in the world and ask people today, well, what do you think uh, What do you think Christmas really means? A lot of people couldn't even tell you. We are in the danger of missing the, really the meaning of Christmas in our society today. Many people are trying to take Christ out of Christmas, but the truth of the matter is, if you take, uh, if you try to take Christ out of Christmas, you really can't. To try to take Christ out of Christmas is like trying to take heat out of fire and wet out of water and oxygen out of air and notes out of music. If, if you take Christ out of Christmas, there wouldn't be any Christmas. We can't really take Christ out of Christmas. But why was he born? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through 24, and we'll read the Christmas story. Matthew 1 18 through 24. Now, the birth of Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Mary, uh, to Joseph. Before they came together, he was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was not wanting to put her her a uh, public example was managed to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, holy an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And he shall bring forth a son. You shall call his name, call his name Jesus, for he shall he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgins shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Then Joseph, being arose from his sleep, did as, did as the angels of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. But I want to focus on verse 21 he said that he shall bring forth a son, and he shall, what, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That is the reason why Jesus came. You know, and the Bible said, therefore, as one man sin entered the world, as Adam, through Adam, just as one man sin entered the world, the death through sin, and thus Sin spread it to all people, to all men, because all have sinned. In Genesis 2, the Bible saying, he commanded the man saying, of the tree of the garden you may not eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. You shall eat of all the trees, but the tree of the garden, good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis three fifteen. as soon as Adam sinned, God gave us a promise of a Savior. The promise was, and I will put enmity, enmity between you and, your wo- and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The woman's offspring is called Christ who would one day defeat, the, would defeat the devil. He would defeat the devil. Satan could only bruise his heel by putting him on the cross. Satan would bruise his heel, but it was non-fatal. But Christ would be raised from the dead and he would bruise Satan's head, which declared victory. So men and women are sinners. We were separated from God because of Adam's sin. And Jesus came to bridge that gap and to bring us back into fellowship with God. This is why Jesus came. And I'm glad he did. If he had not come, we would would still be separated. And we would not have a savior and we will still be in our sins. We needed a savior. We couldn't save ourselves. We needed forgiveness. We needed to be put back into a right relationship with Christ. The Bible said, neither is our salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, Not Joseph Smith. If they had if they could have if they could have brought salvation, God would have sent them. But he sent Christ. Jesus was born to die for sins. He was born to die. That was the only way no other sacrifice would satisfy the father. He is the perpetuation for our sins. He is the appeasement. He satisfied God's wrath. The apostle Paul writes, "For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died according to the scripture and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So he died and he wrote. It was according to the scripture. It was all predicted. The Bible said all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Though Mary was a very virtuous woman and a godly woman, but she was not a sinless woman. Even Mary needed a savior because she was a sinner just like everybody else and everyone needs a savior. Mary said in Luke 1:46 and 47, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. Mary, Mary never wanted to be put on a pedestal. We celebrate a living savior who wants to be part of your life. Jesus has to be first. If anything else is first in your life, we got to stop and examine our lives. Because he's jealous and he don't want anything to come between us and him. We always stop to give thanks on Thanksgiving. And that's good. But we should also stop and give thanks for the birth of Christ. He was born to die. Jesus predicted his own death, John 12, 27. Now my my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. He was born to die. He was in the perfect will of God when he died. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, who came to take away the sin of the world. Peter writes, knowing that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He came to die, he rose, and he's coming again. Jesus, if you turn to John chapter 18, verses 1 through 11, that's a lot to say, but John 18, 1 through 11, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the ravine of the Kidrum, for there was a garden in which he entered with his disciples. Now Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place, for Jesus had often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, verse 3, having received a detachment of soldiers and officers from the Chief priests and the Pharisees came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward. He went forward because he knew it was God's will that he go forward. Just a side note, if you really want to see God's will in your life, you got to go forward. You got to go forward. You can't stay in one spot. You can't just keep doing the same old, same old, same old, same old. You've got to at some point take a step of faith to see what God's will is. At some point, we have to get out of our comfort zone. Jesus told his disciples to lunch out in the deep for a catch. They said, we've been here all night. We ain't caught nothing. But at your word, we'll do it. And the Bible says they had so many fish that the net began to break. You're not going to never see God's will until you take a step of faith and you go forward. That red seed never would have parted unless they went forward. Pharaoh would have came over and killed them all. Anyway, that's just a side note. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, Judas came. Verse 4, Jesus, knowing all things would come upon him, he went forward and said to them, whom are you seeking? They answered and said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas betrayed him also stood with him. And when he had said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. They should have known something was up. Then he asked them again, whom, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he knew who they were seeking, but he didn't run. He was very bold, but he, because he came for a reason. He answered, I told you, That I am he, therefore, if you seek me, let the others go. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spoke of the, of those whom he gave me, I lost none. Then Simon, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant name was Marcus. So Jesus said to Peter, put away your sword in his sheath. Should I? Not drink the cup which my father has given me. What was the cup he was giving him to die? Peter here is getting in the way of God's will and don't even know it. Now it happened. As Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him. And his disciples Mark chapter 9 talks about that. Verses 9. Verses 10 through 13. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. If Jesus didn't eat with sinners, he wouldn't have eaten with anybody. Because they all were sinners. Paul Timothy writes, for this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners who I am chief. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The blind man said, I don't know who healed me. And I don't care. He said, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. Ephesians talks about, and you have been made alive who was dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2 talked about that. You have been made alive who was dead, spiritually dead before you came to Christ in trespasses and sin in which you once you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Ephesians 2, 3 say, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature of wrath just as others. But now in Christ Jesus You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We were once far off, brought near. For we were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. You are children of light because of him. Colossians 121. And you once were alienated. You once were separated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled for Titus talks about, but not in for we ourselves were also once foolish and disobedient and deceived and serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating and hitting one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our savior toward man appeared, not by the righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. We sing this song right here. It says, when the Son set us free, we are free indeed. Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served. The Bible said he came to serve and to give his life. He came to give his life for the ransom of many. But thief, he came He came, but to steal and kill and to destroy but Jesus, said, I came that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm a good shepherd, and a good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. For we were war, were enemies; we were reconciled to God through, through the death of His Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Romans 5:10. It's all over the Bible. It keeps saying He gave His life because the wages of sin was death. We were headed to hell. First John said, this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who, he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. You know you have eternal life because of Christ. You know if... We would have had eternal life but not in heaven everybody's got eternal life some folks got eternal life in heaven and some folks got eternal life in hell you can choose right now which way you're going to go you can choose your own destiny peter always wanted to pull the sword matthew 26 52-54 you haven't got to turn to it but jesus said to him put away your sword in this place For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I I cannot now pray to the Father and he will provide for me more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scripture be fulfilled? That is, is, it, it must happen, he said, it must happen thus. It must happen this way. There was no other way for us to have forgiveness Of sin. Until Christ appeared. Luke 22. Peter here. Again want to cut somebody's ears off. 47 through 50. And while he was yet speaking. Behold a multitude. And and he was called Judas. One of the twelve. Went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him. Judas. Are you portraying the son of man with a kiss? When those around him saw that, saw what was going to happen to him, they said to him, Lord, do you want us to strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit this, permit this. And he touched his ear and he healed him. C.S. Lewis explained the son of God became a man that men might become sons of God. The incarnation of Christ, God becoming man. The Bible said the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Without controversy, great is a mystery of godliness. God was manifested or made visible in the flesh. Philip says, show us the father. It'll be good enough for us. That show us the Father. And that would suffice us. Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. 1 John 4, 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son, the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. There's many religions out there, all kinds of churches out there. But there's only one Savior. One. Not two, one. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Wow, that's a good scripture. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Colossians 1, 14. He keeps talking. Jesus came to bring forgiveness. Jesus came to bring hope. We had no hope. We had no forgiveness. This is what Christmas is all about. And Jesus gave his life. He says, no one take my life. I can lay it down and I can pick it up again. This command I received from my father. No one took his life. He gave it for you and for me. John 8, 24. Therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Unless people really really believe that Jesus is the Christ and he's the only savior of the world, people will die in their sin. That's not God's fault. God has made a way. God has given people an escape to escape hell. Luke 2, 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. There's no room for Jesus in a lot of people's lives because people just don't want Jesus to interfere with their life. People want it, they don't want him to they don't want him to interfere, so they, they force him out. There's no room for Jesus in people's life, in people's lives. But people always make time for the things that is most important to them. People always gonna make time for what they want to do and the things that is most important to them. It said there was no room for him in the end. And man, you got to make room for Christ. You got, you got to make room for him and you got to spend time with him because everything he needs you, everything that you need, he's got it. We're running all over and chasing everything under the sun. Jesus said, come unto me, I will give you rest. So go to him personally. He knows what you need before you even ask. And the hairs on your head is numbered. He knows about it. He knows all your needs. So you've got to spend time with him. I think we got more power right now. The church got more power right now to turn this world upside down. And if God is going to move, he's going to move through this church. This church and any Christian. Have you ever... Have you ever invited Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and your Savior? If you're watching this by YouTube or Facebook, or if you want to invite Christ to come into your life, just say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. He said, Come unto me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart that you might find rest for your souls. My yoke is ease and burden is light. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly pardon. Isn't that beautiful? No matter what you've done, he will abundantly pardon. Seek the Lord all they may be found. He said he will abundantly pardon you. Don't no matter what you've done. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved. But with the heart, one believes into righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus said, I have set before you today, life and death, good, health and evil, choose life. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Ezekiel writes, Say to them, as I live, say to the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that, he, but that the wicked will turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Satan did not want Jesus to go to that cross. Satan knew if Jesus went to that cross, he was defeated. When Jesus told his disciples he was going to go to Jerusalem and he was going to be he was going to suffer many things from the elders and the priests and be killed and rise. He would rise on the third day. Peter, one time Peter, took him aside and began to rebuke him. He said, for it be from you. For it be from you that this should happen to you. But he turned and told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus suggests that Peter was being influenced at that time by the enemy and didn't even know it. Jesus' death was part of God's plan. Peter was getting in the way of God's plan. Jesus can see the whole picture. You can only see this a little bit. Christ had come with The express purpose of atoning for our sins. The devil one time took Jesus on this mountain. He said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. The devil tried to stop him. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Couldn't stop him. Jesus was not going to do a miracle for the devil just to be doing a miracle. When Jesus did a miracle, he did a miracle for a reason. He's not going to throw himself down. He could have if he had wanted to, but he was not going to do it just because the devil told him. Inherit, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male childs who were in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years and under, they tried to kill him. From the time he was born, he was, it was trying to kill him. Herod didn't know when he was born. Herod didn't know where. Herod said, I don't know, just go kill all the babies. Two years old and under, kill all of them. Make sure I get him. Kill them all. Jesus was not God's plan B. Jesus, a matter of fact, God doesn't have a plan B because plan A always works. John 15, 13, no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. To live a Christian life, you got to be able to see eternity right now. To be victorious, there's enough negativity to pull you down. But to be victorious, you got to look past this life until the next one. As far as God's concerned, you are already in heavenly places. You're already there. It's a done deal. Jesus said it is finished. That means paid in full. You're already sitting in heavenly places. Although you're not there yet, you can sure see it by faith. He is the only gift that keeps on giving. For God so loved the world, he gave His only God and Son. Paul said, thank you for his indescribable gift. Paul said, I can't even describe it. Christmas has become a selfish holiday where we focus on the gifts rather than the giver. Jesus is is not in the manger anymore. I see it all the time in people's yards. They mean well, but he's not there no more in the manger. He's not in the tomb and he's not on the cross anymore. He's in the lives of every believer. Let us not miss the main purpose why he came. He was born to die for our sins. He came to bring forgiveness and hope of heaven. Christ is our hope. Without a savior, we had no hope. We had no forgiveness. But he doesn't want to just be our savior. He wants to be our Lord. What does that mean? Jesus said, well, why do you call me Lord, Lord and not do what I say? Well, if you call him Lord, that means he's in complete control and not you. Did you know that? He wants to be Lord of your life. Either he's Lord of all or not Lord at all. He wants to be first place and he wants to control your life. And we want to surrender to what he wants to do. Christ did not come for good people. Because there are no good people. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ is a gift to anyone who will believe it and receive it. Don't miss Christ in Christmas. We should look for opportunities to share Christ with friends and families and co-workers. We should... Go tell it on the mountain, over the hill and everywhere. And go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ was born. This is a great opportunity right now for the believer is to go and tell. What are we supposed to be doing? Go and tell. Go and tell somebody, anybody. Go to the Highways and the byways. Go to Walmart and Kmart. (coughs) Target. Tell somebody the good news. We can't keep this to ourselves. Satan says tell no one, but Christ says tell everyone. This is good news, man. Because on this solid rock, I stand and all other ground. Is sinking sand. The harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send thy labors in, into the harvest. God, have, God had to come down to us because we couldn't go up to him through Christ. Why did Jesus come to earth? He came to save sinners like you and me because we definitely need a savior. This is the main message of Christmas. He came to save us from our sins. We were sinners separated from God, headed to judgment. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us. He sent Jesus on a rescue operation to earth to save us. Jesus is not one of the ways to the Father. He is the only way. How did Jesus save us? He came as one of us. He he lived as one of us. He became man. He was crucified on a cross. He took the penalty for your sins so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life. But Jesus didn't come to just improve your life or to just enhance your life or to just evaluate or elevate your life. Jesus came to save your life. And the first Christmas, there was no room for him in the end. And I'm afraid today, many people, there's no room for him. But as a Christian, you can have Christmas. As a Christian, you can have Christmas any time of the year. There's nowhere where it says that Christmas was on December 25th. Nowhere. You can have Christmas in August, man, in May. You can have Christmas in January, in June. You can have Christmas every day. Don't matter when he was born, the fact that he was born. John 4 says, Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? They missed the point altogether. Jesus talking spiritually. they talking physically. He's talking spiritually. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's, that's my will. To do what him... And he did, he did that. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might have life through him. 1 John 4 talks about that. And this is love that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sins. That means you were, God's wrath was satisfied from us. He was appeased. God is no longer mad at you, Matter of fact, the Bible said he is for you. He's not against you. God's righteous anger need to be appeased before sin could be forgiven. And God is God is love. He sent Christ. No matter what happens in this life, remember this. You have a savior. As a Christian, you have been saved from death and hell. You have forgiveness. You have hope. You have, been, you have been saved from eternal punishment. And if you die today, you go straight to heaven. Straight to heaven. There's the most important thing about the Christian life is there's a heaven there's a heaven waiting for you and there's a heaven waiting for me. I think it is just plain beautiful. So as the song says, Hark the herald of what angels sings, Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Christ is all you need. Christmas is all about a Savior. And there is only one. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there wouldn't have been no forgiveness of sin. Without Somebody had to die. Should have been us. He didn't do nothing. He was innocent. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. When he was strong before Pilate, they said, hey man, Pilate said, I find no fault in the man. He said, you see to it yourself. Pilate knew he was innocent. Innocent. The Bible said it was impossible that bulls, the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. It was only a covering. He couldn't take it away. But Jesus' blood took away sin. In him we have redemption, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness according to his, the riches of his grace. You mean the riches of his grace means God's grace never runs out, there's no end to it. Did you know that? Christ is the one. Jesus didn't come. Because we deserved it. Jesus didn't come because we are good. Jesus didn't come because we are righteous. He came because we were separated from God and needed a Savior, and He knew that He was the only Savior. So, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's old songs, go there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge beneath that flood loose all their guilty stains. The old, old hymn you, don't, and you, you guys probably don't know those old hymns. On this solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking the sand. So go tell it on the mountain. Hark to the hell of angels, saying, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy, my God and sinners reconcile. What people don't realize, everyone's got to face him someday. Either as your savior or as your judge, but you got to face him. Uh, that's why people, they get upset with you when you, when you mention the name of Jesus. They talk about God all day, but when you mention Jesus, people want to get upset with you. But you know what? At least they won't say I didn't tell them. You got to face him someday. As your savior, if you've received him, he's going to say, well done, good and thy faithful servant. Enter in the joy of the Lord. Come on in. Your name is written, man. He got you covered. But if you have not received Christ, he's your judge. But you can change that. Invite him in today. Because tomorrow, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we will be here tomorrow or not. Everybody has got to face him as your Savior, as your judge. It's your choice. That's why the Bible said today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. The words say if you hear his words harden not your heart for today is a day of salvation. And if you hear you don't have him as your savior invite him in your heart today. Because it is no secret what God can do. and What he's done for others he will do for you. And with his arms wide open he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. You're not too bad. You haven't sinned too much that he can't forgive it, no matter what you've done. But you must be willing to come. God is not going to force himself into a person's life. He has to be invited in. And you know when you invite him in, he has never turned down anyone yet. John 6 and 37, All that the Father shall give me, all that the Father will give me shall come to me. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. He, haven't turned, he didn't turn anybody down. He won't turn anybody down. But he wants you to be willing because he's not going to override your free will. You can say yes, or you can say no. He will, respect, he will respect your decision. Can you imagine living forever? A brand new body, a brand new home, eternal no end to it you might live down here to get 70 if you're lucky some folks ain't gonna even make it there but can you imagine heaven is eternal and everyone that has died and gone before you you're gonna see them there and you're gonna know them by name and they're gonna know you isn't that beautiful that'll give you something to look forward to the bible said we don't look at things that are Seen, but things that are what? Unseen. Because the things we see are temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. So your focus has to be in the right place if you're going to have victory. Because there's enough negativity right now in this world to drive you nuts. If you let it, don't let it. Jesus, I give you the peace that passes all understanding. And he wants you to have his peace today. So let's rejoice this morning that we have a Savior. We have forgiveness. We have hope. We have life. And one day, we shall see him face to face. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we can come and we can hear your word. We pray you would make it real to our hearts that Jesus Christ is born. And I pray, God, that you would have each one to just be thankful for what he's done in each one of our lives. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus Christ's name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Let's all stand. So Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you. Go tell somebody and uh, just be salt and light. God bless you. We will see you this next Sunday. Merry Christmas.